Cube Radio. You are listening to the Car Guide Podcast with Louis-Philippe Dubé and Gabriel Gélina. Good day, everybody, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Car Guide Podcast. I am LP, your host, and I'm still with Gab here in Montreal, in cold Montreal today. Hi, Gab, how are you? Good yourself. Very, very good, good. Um, we are coming back, actually coming out of the uh, LA Auto Show uh, that was uh, last week. And, uh, well, we're not going to talk about how shows are doing again. I think we've been over that. It's going to be the fifth time that we're talking about shows. But, you know, we can do a little bit of mentioning that uh, it doesn't have the energy and the buzz that the LA Auto Show used to have. However, a few key unveilings uh, that are going to be important for the automotive industry, but also for their respective automakers. Um I was there uh, early before the show because automakers tend to do, and what I was told by several automakers on site, they, they say that they're going, they're moving towards doing uh, side something on the side of the show. You know, they they want to do a few days earlier, a few days after, and they say, well, we're not going to go to the show, but we're going to try to take advantage of the buzz around it. And, you know, I, my answer to that is probably the same answer you have is, If you stop going to the show, you're not going to be able to do anything around the show anymore because there's going to be no more no more show. <laughs> I don't know what your <laughs> yeah, thoughts are about much. that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, it, it's like uh, um, with regards to to uh, to that whole dynamic, it, you know, it was, it was the same thing in New York City in the spring. BMW did the reveal of the Seven Series, but it wasn't at the at the show. It was at that another venue, right? The day after and things like that. So. You know, you're right. <laughs> if, they, if they're trying to tag events around the, an auto show but off-site, yeah, you're right. Why not simply go to the to the show itself? Uh, I think it would be better, and it'd be better for the public, and be easier maybe for us uh, uh, to cover as well. But with regards to LA this year, you know, I think the the key thing to remember here is that obviously. It was uh, more the Asian manufacturers, you know, that that are involved uh, at the show. So obviously the Koreans, you know, they they, they tend to still like you yes. know auto shows. So uh, you know, so we had Genesis, Kia, Hyundai, of course, and of course Toyota with the the Prius, um, and also uh, Subaru, Subaru as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <clears throat> more and more, you know, it's it's sort of like. There's going to be an auto show if, <laughs> you know, a couple of manufacturers decide that they want to do a preview there or right. to launch a car there. Right. But other than that, you know, it's a, they're going to just morph into being a regional sales event, basically. Uh, of yeah. course. Yeah. So we did cover it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, on to the unveilings. Uh, I was at a side event at the yeah. show, which was with Genesis, Hyundai and Genesis, and uh, got the chance to take a peek at the... Uh, X speed well X concept. Um, you're familiar with the X concept at Genesis, yeah, yeah, which is that the, yeah. uh, the the sporty coupe yeah. uh, designed by um, Mr. Luke Dunkerwolk, yeah, exactly. and uh, who's uh, you know and. Several vehicles he's worked on, you know, small vehicles like uh, Lamborghini and yeah, yeah. Uh, Bentley Flying Spur and a few of those uh, uh, creations that have marked the uh, automotive industry. But 
This time, it was a convertible. First time we saw the coupe, and then it was the uh, the X-concept convertible, which it was unveiled on the beach in Malibu to kind of... Kind at of, a sunset. On, with, a, with a beautiful <laughs> sunset. And obviously, it's an electric concept, but it yeah. wants to kind of, t- you know, you know it represent the driving in the, uh, in the sun in Malibu. Yeah, I think it's interesting, you know, because when you look at the market, the way coupe sales are going, the way convertible sales are going, you know, that these cars are not really selling as much as they used to, uh, especially convertibles. So this idea of having a um, uh, an electric convertible is kind of interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, again, you know, it's. Uh, We'll see how how the how the the market reacts to this idea to this to this concept. I don't know if um, you know. I don't know if it makes sense to have an an, an electric uh, convertible, but you know they seem to think that it's a it's a good idea. Yeah, and it's a way, of course, uh, you know, broadening the the horizons for for EVs. You know, not just SUVs, not just small cars, uh, but all kinds of uh, body styles and configurations. Yeah, this concept, you know, it's the third. Uh, iteration of the concept that yeah, we course. see. Yeah. Uh, if you speak to Luke Dunkerwall, he's going to tell you, I'm pushing it. I yeah, want yeah. it to happen yeah. because it's really nice looking. But, you know, is is a convertible going to happen? Is it going to be a coupe? Is it going to be, you know, something else? I don't know. But it's pretty be- it's pretty beautiful. We don't have any specifications, of course, though, you know, of course, aside from the fact that it's going to be electric. But it was a pretty cool thing to see. Um other than that, on the Hyundai side, uh, we saw the INX6, which you drove in South Korea, but it was the North American uh, debut for this uh, this vehicle, the highly anticipated yeah. Hi- mm-hmm. INX6, uh, with the, uh, the the swooping roof line, mm-hmm. and and you know you we, we talked about it on on one of the episodes uh, yeah, of your sure. drive experience. Yeah, well, basically, you know, it's basically the platform of the Ionic Five, but a, a much lighter car, and of course, much more aerodynamic, zero point two one. Uh, coefficient of drag so that's you know it's a really aerodynamic vehicle and that's what gives it a much more range than the the Ionic 5 but of course the Ionic 5 is it's like kind of a kind of like a boxy. box so, yeah. <laughs> exactly. it looks like the first Nintendo box you know <laughs> yeah, with the color the gray colors yeah, that's a spoof of the old Volvo ad you know boxy but good <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that, you're absolutely right and it is good yeah. it is a very popular yeah. car and it's a good car but it yeah. doesn't have the same drag coefficient of course yeah, exactly. So, so the Ionic Six, I think, is going to be a, a very, very compelling car, very compelling proposition. The key thing, as always, with electric cars is, will you be able to get one? Because I think at the beginning of the start of production for the Ionic Six, uh, Hyundai was only about able to produce about three thousand units per month. Mm-hmm. You know, that's <laughs> that's a drop in the bucket yeah. when you're considering the demand for EVs worldwide. So, <clears throat> if they can ramp up production and 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 you know have have good supply i think that's it could be it could be a very very interesting car but as always you know again it's a, it's going to be the the problem with the uh, availability and yep. you know be able to get your hands on one basically yeah a couple of things you mentioned about the vehicle in your test drive was also that the uh, there was limited space in the rear seating because of the swooping yeah, roof the, line. Yeah, the swooping roof line, obviously. Yeah. Uh, to the to completely the opposite of the Ionic Five. Yeah, exactly. And also, I looked at the uh, some of the specifications. Uh, the um, uh, the uh, the space, the cargo volume, three hundred and seventeen, mm-hmm. which is on the low side for for a sedan. I mean, considering when a Civic you have upwards of four hundred liters of cargo. 
uh, space. That's the that's the that's the uh, the the, the uh, the trade-off for the uh, the drag coefficient, but otherwise, like you said, uh, going to be very popular. People are going to want it, and uh, it's going to be difficult to get. Yeah, exactly. You know, and when I drove it, we took off. I took off from from my hotel. The battery was at ninety-seven percent capacity, and uh, you know, it was telling me the range was going to be four hundred and fifty-five kilometers. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's 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 really good. It's, it's really, really 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 appealing in, in terms. Of, yeah, in terms of range, absolutely. Something else in the Hyundai booth that was a kind of a surprise uh, for us, and it was a, a, a nice, a nice surprise. Uh, the uh, Envision seventy four concept. Uh, you've seen this one probably in the pictures, and and it's been, it's a fully functional inspiration from the uh, the pony coupe concept uh, mm-hmm. that was built in nineteen seventy four. And the Pony Coupe concept served as an inspiration for uh, the DeLorean uh, vehicle. And um, obviously a very retro, very sporty uh, looks, but also it combines two very, very uh, 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 interesting technologies, hydrogen fuel cell, as well as a BEV uh, mm-hmm. uh, with a battery. So that means that it uses a fuel a hydrogen fuel stack, a fully rechargeable battery in the floorboards and uh, all hooked up to an electric motor in the rear. Um, It's it's an interesting proposition. You know, Hyundai and Kia, they've been going forward with developing the technology for uh, the hydrogen uh, fuel cell. You know, for years they've been been involved with that. I remember going to Korea to drive a Kia Borrego, (laughs) you know, (laughs) with a fuel cell stack. Um, Yeah. You know, so it it goes to... show that you know they're they're really uh, obviously very much invested into EVs battery electric vehicles but also they can't neglect the fact that there's this other technology here on the side that they need to uh, I would say you know they need to research and they need to, to they think they need to research and, and master because obviously you know Toyota has been pushing hydrogen yep. uh, fuel cells for years and so uh, it, it's it's kind of a situation where you get the feeling that you know they don't want to fall behind in terms of uh, the technologies so, right and using a concept car to to do it you know makes perf- makes perfect sense and uh, you can uh, it, it gives a, a high profile kind of visibility to that to that technology yeah and but uh, you know on the side you can back in back in Korea you can do it with uh, test mules that don't look anywhere as cool as this, no, as this one car. yeah of course but you can still you know again develop the technology and and they have some key people uh, over at Hyundai and Kia who are really vested in into the R&D for uh, for fuel cells. So it's interesting to see how that's going to uh, to evolve. Obviously, you know, if you look at fuel cells, you get the advantages of, uh, you know, no direct pollution and, you know, quick refilling, you know, because, yeah. you know, refilling a hydrogen tank, it takes about a little bit longer than, than filling up a gas tank with a conventional ICE uh, car. So there's there's all that that convenience, right? Obviously, if you can find hydrogen, <laughs> this is the question, right? <laughs> this is always yeah, when exactly. when we, you talk to Toyota, yeah. you know, with the with the Mirai, you talk to the engineers, yeah. and you say, you know, in California between San Diego and Los Angeles, it makes sense, but that's yeah. the that that's the place yeah. where it does. And then after that, for us, I think in Canada, we have one. Yeah. 
uh, or two uh, stations that that you know open to the public. And yeah, and there's some in BC, and there's there are two uh, in the province of Quebec. Okay, yeah, and, that's and, right, and two that's, two in Quebec. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. What I think is going to happen more for for fuel cell and hydrogen is you know trucking you know basically uh, especially not necessarily long distance you yeah maybe long distance trucking but also the short uh, short haul you know that, yes yeah, Toyota has a pilot program I think in the port of Long Beach California uh-huh. so when they unload the ships <clears throat> it's uh, trucks that are powered by hydrogen that take it to take the goods to uh, a warehouse that's you know far further away, like a hundred miles away, and right. from there it goes on to other trucks and gas power, diesel powered trucks, and that take it uh, take the, the the rest of the journey. But it's interesting because um, obviously you know this it's it's uh, if you're th- if you're thinking of trucking and hydrogen, it it makes sense. Yes, you know, the hydrogen makes sense for that for for a passenger car application. I don't really see it because basically you're going to have to duplicate the whole network of uh, infrastructure to uh, you know maybe maybe gas companies you know are going to turn into instead of uh, kind of convert yeah exactly into, yeah. To, to hydrogen but that's going to take a long long yeah, time yeah, yeah. and it's still not cost efficient yeah. also yeah difficult to make yeah, exactly. um But this concept uh, and Vision 74, maybe, you know, we were talking about how heavy uh, electric cars are now. I mean, this one with the fuel stack in the front, motor in the back. The battery. High, high, <laughs> that battery, the floor battery, and it's a 60 kilowatt, you know, a 62.4 kilowatt hour battery and the high pressure fuel, t- uh, yeah. hydrogen fuel tanks. You know, it's, it looks like a race car. Is it going to drive like a race car? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, yeah, it's something we wanted to talk to you about uh, as well at in Los Angeles with uh, Fiat coming back with the 500. But electric, yeah, I think that makes sense. You know, because when you look at uh, the, the the Fiat Five, obviously it's it's a small city car. You know, basically, and um, it it was popular in Europe, not so much here in in North America. But to have the car be reborn, so to speak, as an electric vehicle, makes perfect sense because it's a small package, and um, you know, electric drive for 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 city driving or short commutes, it it, it can work. And also, you know, they're they're they, they're going to do an, a Barth version of it. So even yes, the high performance yeah, exactly. uh, division of exactly. Fiat, yeah, exactly. So that's going to be pretty cool. Um, obviously, key key features, you know. With, uh, in terms of range it's all going to be dictated by uh, the battery capacity and things like that but i think it's a it's a neat idea to use electric drive to sort of like um, you know have a rebirth of the uh, of the 500 yeah and it's uh, it's interesting because it's not known as a reliable vehicle <laughs> yeah. it's known as a very cool looking vehicle exactly. city car yeah. uh, appealing i think the base the, the customer base for the the 500 is perfect for mm. to have if if they can put a a reliable electric drive which is you know now everybody has their own technologies but it all revolves around the same thing and if Stellantis can can put together something that says okay now the Fiat 500 is much more 
reliable, quote unquote, because it's electric, you know, it could be one of the one of the top selling ones. Because what else? I mean, it's it's a it's so unique. Mm. You know, <clears throat> like I said, everything's going to come down to the the price. Also, where where is it going to be priced? Yeah, and uh, in terms of uh, whether the the public deems that uh, that the range will be sufficient. You yeah, know, because everybody's thinking about the you know I'll drive an electric car when they go six hundred kilometers or five hundred miles. And yeah, like that. That's still you know it, you can do it for certain electric vehicles, but they're way 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 expensive. Yes, and so to this idea that if you have a a smaller package, you know, like that, a city car, uh, Fiat 500e, yeah, it, it, if it's if it's priced right, it could be uh, it could be interesting. Yep. Let's uh, also mention in Los Angeles, uh, Toyota uh, yeah, g- gave us a new Prius, cool looking Prius. Yeah, I think the, <laughs> I think the coolest looking Prius ever because you know, quite yeah. frankly, even f- from the very first one, they were all kind of like frumpy looking. Oh you my know? god, <laughs> so difficult to watch exactly. just to look at. Them. Yeah, it's exactly. got a Prius. But the the new one that they uh, they came up with is you know it's very very aerodynamic, obviously, but also. Kind of a cool looking car, you know, because before, yes, it was aerodynamic, especially like the Prius Prime and things like that. But I mean, the car didn't look good at all. Whereas the new one looks, you know, it looks like something that Streamlined. you could consider driving. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely more than the other yeah, exactly. contraptions. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's uh, it's uh, definitely something to uh, to look for. The new Prius, uh, it's going to attract a broader audience, I think, because it used to. You know, Prius was popular with uh, university teachers and, uh, and 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 people who didn't want SUVs, but also were were, were uh, more green conscience. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the new Prius, uh, it's going to be commercialized um, probably. Uh, we, we, I don't think I don't see any any dates now for 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 this one, the 2023 uh, and uh, Prius and Prius Prime, uh, but we will keep you posted on the on sale date for that. Uh, last thing I want to talk about for the LA Auto Show is Subaru, the new Subaru Impreza, uh, popular vehicle in Canada for the uh, very very um, uh, powerful all wheel drive system from Subaru. But it did lost it did lose something uh, very critical this year, and it's the manual, the fire, the the, the uh, the uh, the manual gearbox that we uh, that was one of the last ones for the all-wheel drive cars. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, you know, like like one of our colleagues, Marc Lachapelle, it's, he always says, you know, manual gearboxes are going to become an art form, you know, yeah. in the future. <laughs> and uh, obviously, you know, uh, the, the automatic gearboxes now are so much better, and you know, more ratios and so on and so forth. And it, you know, for a manufacturer, it doesn't make any sense anymore yep. to develop a, a manual gearbox or to make it evolve, it's, it's, except in some, you know, very key applications. You know, like I don't think we'll ever have you know, a Ford Mustang without a manual gearbox, <laughs> right, right, or, right? You right. know, cars like that. Yeah. But um, with regards to, to Subaru, it just, you know, they're just following the trend. You know, it's dropping the manual gearboxes is slowly fading away into the rear view mirror. Yes. You know, and uh, yeah, it's a bit of a shame, but you know, it, it's, that's, that's the, that's the going trend right now. Yeah. yeah. So Subaru Impreza only CVT um, for, for these, uh, for this new generation. Uh, that's the continuously variable transmission. And, uh, 
a few other things happened to the vehicle. The RS uh, version of the Subaru Impreza also comes back. Uh, it was uh, reminiscent for the 2.5 RS, so they brought back a 2.5 liter engine, but not very high horsepower uh, uh, engine, uh, con- considering the uh, uh, the fact that it's maybe when it loses the manual transmission, there's no point either going with a CVT, a high powered vehicle with a CVT. Mm-hmm. So we'll see about that. And uh, good, good LA Auto shows not quite what we were expecting of course from the last uh, auto shows before the pandemic but still a very cool event 